Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Stadium Experience with your host, Jake Helms. It's show where we talk about the latest and greatest happenings in the world of sports right here on 90.7 WXI. And I'm alone here today, and we do not have any guests booked. I promise I'm trying to update my old Rolodex, but alas, I haven't gotten there yet. But we do have some things to talk about, though. The Patriots back in action this coming Sunday. This coming Sunday. They're going to be playing the Philadelphia Eagles. We want to talk about that. We want to talk a little bit about the Patriots. Kind of do the, the whole little mid-season grades, evaluation, look holistically, a little song and dance. Also, some general NFL thoughts. The Celtics playing the Mavericks last night. Gordon Hayward out for the out for the foreseeable future until Christmas. <laughs> it seems like a mile away. But we want to talk about that a little bit. And, of course, if you want to chime in on any of these topics, do not be afraid to call in at 401-456-8787. Once again, the phone number to get on the program is 401-456-8787. And with all that, once again, you are listening to the Stadium Experience with Jake Helmsley on 90.7 WXIN. And it's about time we dive in here. And hello, everybody. Happy to be with you all here today. And I was not with you much last week. Last week was a short episode. And we are still sort of just contemplating the Patriots' first loss of the season to the Baltimore Ravens, which could not have come at a worse time. Really. The Patriots lost a game that did, didn't, you know, destroy all the goodwill they built up this season. Not quite that. But a loss that did, you know, that did... Yeah, did call in a question and was a reality check in my eyes for this team finally, you know, facing off against a, how you say, a good football team. <laughs> a good. Football team. So, with that, yeah. It's called in question everything they've done all season. The 8-0 record. How important was that? Just how real is this defense? How real is it? You know, are, you know, all the questions with this offense that, in fairness, people have been asking all season, are they justified? They sort of get another layer of importance, magnitude. And then, you know, we're left with the bye week to think about it. Which, from the team's perspective, is probably, I don't know, better because they have time to evaluate things, get guys healthy who need to get healthy, like possibly Isaiah Wynn. I don't think he's coming back. Nikhil Harry, who for whatever reason did not play in that game. And I want to talk about that a little more as well. I do want to dive into kind of the Nikhil Harry situation. And, you know, I mean, as of the most... Wynn's still practicing. Wynn's still getting ready. But either way, the Patriots spy week coming in now. And now they will be facing what, you know, we all have known. Counting this Ravens week, now the next step of the tough part of the schedule. Now, a couple weeks ago, I went on the Wicked Smart Sports Guy podcast with Wicked Smart Sports Podcast with Kenny Doyle. That's his podcast. Go check it out. Later. Not after listening to this show, of course. But I did go on. 
I went on this program with him. And we talked about this stretch in the schedule for the Patriots. And in fairness to the Patriots, I thought that this was easily their second hardest, if not hardest game. The Ravens game. I took the Ravens very seriously. I do take the Ravens very seriously. And I still take the Ravens very seriously. And I brought it up. I do think that they're not. I think they're a higher caliber of team than the Eagles, Cowboys, or Texans for sure. The Chiefs, then it becomes debatable. I think that the Chiefs are a better team, or no? I do not think the Chiefs are a better team. That that's where the that's where the indecision lies. The Chiefs have a better quarterback. Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes, but yeah, as an altogether unit, the Ravens are. I just think they have more. Better running game, better offensive line play, better defense. Not that their defense has been anything spectacular this year, but it's better players. Better suited to kind of take on the Patriots. And then the Ravens just have that like beating the Patriots factor. They just do. They have that, they have that Patriots factor, which is, you know, I give all the credit to John Harbaugh. John Harbaugh, for the most part. Maybe in the past could have been some of those players, Terrell Suggs and everything, but and Ray Lewis, well, not really Ray Lewis, but yeah, Suggs, even Flacco, who had a history of playing the Patriots strong. It, guys who were there who knew that they could play the Patriots, but a lot of those guys are gone now, but Harbaugh's still there. I think that reflects really well on him, just that he's still able to kind of keep that team not fearing the Patriots like a lot of teams do. <laughs> like a lot of teams just do for, you know, their own sets of reasons. So I did, I did. I thought this would be the second or maybe hardest game. Like, obviously, Lamar is not Pat Mahomes, but also Lamar is real good counter for the Patriots. And I think Lamar is, you know, Lamar has his issues. I don't think he could develop as a passer more. And I think people might be giving him a little too much credit in that regard. But what they're doing on offense works. I mean, you can argue that Greg Roman hasn't been, you know, nearly the innovator people have given him credit for, which I think is fair. And, you know, Lamar Jackson is not prime Michael Vick. He's not there. He's not, you know, he's not, yeah, he's not Michael Vick in his prime. But he's damn good. So, yeah, anyway, like, I did, in fairness, I, you know, to give the Patriots some degree of, you know, to look at it positively, I thought this was maybe their biggest test of the season, really. I mean, obviously, because after they get out of this five-game stretch we've talked about, you know, then it's, you know, Bengals, Bills, Dolphins. Yay. And the Bills are telling it. I mean, the Bills are good. I think the Bills are good. But. Oh, but in the Bills just. I do. I, I think the Bills are pretty good. I mean, they just lost to the stupid Browns, but. And I don't think they have a quarterback at all. But anyway, so the. <laughs> the Bills are still. The Bills are still one of these teams. I can't say how they can score 13 points. But we won't talk about the Bills too much. We won't dive into the Bills. But I did think that this Ravens team was. Yeah, I thought this was the toughest matchup. Maybe second, maybe toughest, but I, you know, I was leaning closer to, like, I was putting them a lot closer to the Chiefs than I was the Eagles, Texans, or Ravens. I mean, Eagles, Texans, or Cowboys. So, that being said, it did open the door for questions, because, yeah, like, if you want to win a championship, which you would, you know, which is what you're envisioning when you have an 8-0 team, you have to be able to beat the best teams. <laughs> you have to be able to you know, beat the best the teams that you think are the best on the schedule in the league overall ever. And they couldn't do that this week. So it's fair to question them. 
I think the questioning of them has been fair. The questioning has been mainly on the issues that they have had all season. The Their issues... Their issues... Defending the run. Put in the focus. They have had... Like, they're serious issues defending the run. Like, for whatever you can say, they have not done a... God, they've let up what? The. They've had issues defending the run. They've let bad running backs kind of expose them. Well, not bad running backs, but not great rushing teams expose them. They had let Mark Ingram go for 115 yards, Lamar Jackson go for 61 and two touchdowns. Like they. They have a hard time with that. And now it's put on display. Now, mind you, how many of the top teams that they'll really be playing have a great rushing game? You could bring up that, but problem is you haven't, need, you haven't needed a great rushing game to run on the Patriots. Even the dumb Redskins were able to score a 65-yard touchdown with whomever it was. I don't even remember. Blake Sims? Blake Snell? It was, but that has been an issue for this team. Obviously, the offense. They're really flaws in a lot of er most areas. Readily on display in that game. The O-line, obviously, still not great. Wind's coming back, and that should honestly make. I don't want to say, like, I don't want to say, I, I don't want to say that will fix all their issues, but I mean, yeah, I mean, Newhouse is just trash. So probably, it'll probably will fix, you know, as many of their issues as they could possibly fix, is what I'll say, because Shaq Mason struggled a little bit. They're not bringing, they're not, you know, replacing Shaq Mason with somebody. Like, there's just nobody to replace him with. And he obviously he has the capability to be a far better player than he's been. David Andrews not coming back, so you're. Kind of stuck with Karras. I think at least it's been serviceable. Karras, I don't think Karras has been an overt problem. But yeah, you bring in Wynn and hopefully he can stay healthy. Hopefully he can play at the level he was even playing at. The, like the level he was playing at the start of the season where he was fine. He seemed good. Don't remember him blowing me away, but he seemed fine. We weren't going to be talking. He was not playing in a way where every week we'd be talking about it. And the O-line looked bad. Running game. Patriots still not really able to get anything or much of anything out of Sony Michelle at all. 18 yards. Like, they won't even give it to him. Four carries. They do need, and I'm no Sony Michelle lover, but they need to just start getting something out of him or Damian Harris or James White or somebody. Just start getting some kind of rushing game because the passing game hasn't been enough to. Get this offense humming. It hasn't. And part of that's on Brady. I think he has had a great year. But also, they don't have the ability right now as a team. And I don't know where they're going to get this. The Patriots right now do not have the ability to go vertical at all. They can't. The Patriots don't really have anything on offense. Any player, any package, any 
formation, any just assortment of players that, you know, they can put on the field and reliably go, or at least I can reliably say, oh, yeah, no, they want the, the Patriots right now. They need to get a 15 to 20 yard play in right now. They need to get a 15, 20 yard gain. What do they do? What do they do? Like, what is, you know, your go to in the past? And he's been talking about a lot this week. And I don't want to go down this avenue too much. But in the past, that's been Gronk. Gone to Gronk. Send him down the middle. Send him down the seams. Throw it to him. See if it works. That's been the go-to. And that, you know, just having that one element to your offense, obviously, I mean, this isn't, you know, I'm not giving you the deep, deep film study here. I'm not no, not being the football savant here. I'm not showing my football IQ of 210. But, yeah, when you have that, that opens everything else up. And that's what they've been able to thrive for a long time. At least in the time when Gronk's been a feat. At least within the time that Gronk was a feature of the offense. Now, so, you know, that opens up everything underneath. That opens up Edelman. That opens up the running game. That opens up everybody. And they don't have that right now. I hoped Josh Gordon could maybe be that. At least not quite that, but something approximating that. Not that he played the exact Gronk role, but just once again, just the ability of somebody on this team to go down the middle, across, and just catch a long ball. Like a 15 to 20 yard ball. Just to open everything up, and they don't have that. Then they don't doesn't seem like Dorsett's that guy. He's fast, or at least he was fast coming out of college. But he's not, he's been kind of an inside guy. Edelman's not that. Edelman does what Edelman does, and he does it as well as anybody else. That's not Edelman. That's not Muhammad Sanu. I hoped maybe that could be Muhammad Sanu. It's not. Muhammad Sanu is another inside type guy. You know, eight yard out kind of guy. I don't know, Anquan Bolden type of guy. He's not going, not even going deep. He's just, he's not going vertical. You know, he's not, you're not calling four verts and hitting X and throwing it to Muhammad Sanu. That's not what he's doing. He's a good receiver and he looked good in that game. He looked good in the game against the Ravens, but still that's in a vacuum. He doesn't necessarily solve the issue that this offense has. Now he solved the issue of them not having, you know, a, multitude of quality veteran receivers sure but and he does help fill a hole there but does he still he doesn't fix that main issue of something you can go vertical ben watson did it once against the browns and it was great <laughs> it was like the best thing ever it looked great he went down the seams and he caught it it was awesome but he's not gonna be able to consistently do that. at least i don't think he will at least they don't think he will because they're not throwing it to him like that consistently So it's just, is that Nikhil Harry? Is that his role? Can he do that? It's just like they don't, they do need some kind of vertical weapon. Sorry, like no Patriots fans like to pretend that they don't need that. Like, oh, it's all about the inside guys and the slots and the short pass. It's not that. Like they, they do need that ability to go outside. They need that ability to open things up and they don't have a guy on the team who can reliably do that? And that is showing for them. And sure, maybe even if they did, they'd have problems getting into that player because the O-line play has been spotty. But still, if they had that, if you if you could relieve pressure, because right now you can defend the Patriots pretty... It's not that complicated to defend the Patriots right now. You just... You stop everything, you know, between the... Within 15 yards and you're pretty good. Like, they're not going to... They don't have anything they can reliably do. And that's how you have this team, you know, go four, five, six drives and punt every time. 
like they have at points this season. They're just going through like quarter-long lulls on offense. They haven't been able to do anything. If they want to win the Super Bowl, they probably need to get that going. Because as we saw this defense, as great as it's been, and as great as I still think it is, I don't think that what they did was fake, even though they were playing bad competition, just the fact they were able to dominate them, like they're the fact they were able to eviscerate, the fact they were able to humiliate, the fact that they were able to infantize even bad NFL teams. Good, good, great teams like the Ravens. Even I'll call them a great team right now. Like they deserve that at the moment, at the very least. Great teams will be able to take advantage of that. I mean, they, great teams will still find ways to score. So you need to be able to score. And with Tom Brady, it shouldn't be that hard. But the personnel, they just, they don't have that. Is it, can Jacoby Myers do it? Where's he? You know, does is it going to be a matter of you know does the season kind of the season kind of hinges on I feel like them figuring that out it does even in the Super Bowl against the rate the Rams where they couldn't do anything on offense the offense was able to make it you know able to make that game winning drive because they were able to go to Gronk down the middle that was it that was why that was what opened things up offensively as much as they got opened up in that game was having Gronk having the ability to go to him. Having the ability for him to go vertical. They had that. They don't have that now. Gronk's not coming back. I don't think Gronk's coming back. I'm not going to, once again, I'm not going to dive deep into it. But he said he's not coming back. Most of the people around him have said he's not coming back. I don't think he should come back for his own health. Clearly. He wasn't enjoying it last year. That's been out there. He felt like he was at the end of his rope. And he's at the end of his rope. And the guy looks, what, 30, 40 pounds lighter? Even if he did come back, is he going to be healthy? Is he going to be able to play? Is he going to be up to speed? I mean, I'd like to think that the amount of talent, probably, yes, he'd probably be able to at least, once again, just go go down the middle a few times a game. But I don't know. I don't want to talk about that like it's, like it's a real solution. I think that allows you to distract yourself from looking at what is probably the reality of the situation. And that's that. The season might hinge on them figuring that out without Gronk. And so it's not coming from Edelman. It's not coming from Sanu. It's not coming from the running backs, obviously. You could try to get them going, but that would be easier if you could just kind of you know, spread out the defenses a little bit. It's not coming from, I don't think it's coming from Jacoby Myers, but maybe. It's not coming from Dorsett. It's not coming from Ben Watson more than once every couple games. Lacoste. Like, it's not coming from any of those guys. So, the last person on the list is, you know, does it work out with Nikhil Harry? Can Nikhil Harry maybe give them that? Nikhil Harry, not an especially fast guy, but just can he just run a seam route? Can Nikhil Harry literally just run down the middle and just... It doesn't have to be Gronk. But just can he then jump up and use that big frame, use that strength, and try to get it? Because that would work. Like, that would work A-OK. -okay. I mean, Nikhil Harry actually ran a 4-5-3, which actually is a little faster than I thought he did. But yeah, so just can he go down and jump up and just get it? 
Or even if he doesn't get it, just give the threat that he's going to get it and make teams defend it. They're not going to defend him like Gronk. You know, you're still, even if you get that vertical element, you're still not going to get what at least, I mean, not so much last year, but what you had from Gronk when he was at his best, which is teams double teaming him and really letting you open things up. And obviously the fact that he can still get it in those double teams really open things up. But at least, like, begin to get something closer to that. Because, no, you don't need an MVP Tom Brady type of offensive year from this team. You don't. But you need more than what you're getting. You do. To win the Super Bowl, I say you do. You're not going to – I don't think there are really many great defenses you're going to face. But still, that Ravens team, not a great defense. Patriots are only able to barely score 20 on them. We've said that this Patriots team hasn't looked like it's built to come back. Frankly, they need to become a team that can come back. And that starts with being able to do these things on offense or doing something close to these things on offense that they haven't been able to do this season that have kind of defined them in the past. They're not going to recreate the offense that they've had in the past. And that's okay. I'm not even saying because that's what that is one of the things that the Patriots have done throughout the dynasty has been recreating the offense around the players that they have. They were a different team when the focal point was Moss. They were a different team when the focal point was, well, the defense and then Troy Brown and all those guys. They were a different team once they brought in the double tight ends and then shifted more to Gronk and Edelman. They've been different. They've done different things. Just now, now they need to figure out how to do some of those things that worked in the past with this new group. And can that be Nikhil Harry? Why didn't Nikhil Harry play in the Ravens game if he was healthy? You know, what, where is that coming from? Where is the absence of his <laughs> participation? Why was Nikhil Harry not active in that game? Just even just start to get him going, unless they think he was healthy for the bye, but, or does it just, the way Brady and Belichick and everybody's been talking about him, like he barely exists, like they're not expecting anything from him. I just think his, Concerning because obviously Brady has been how Brady's been the last few years with young receivers. Not enthusiastic to play with them. Not, yeah, really looking for them. Not seemingly unwilling to try and work them in. Well, meanwhile, across the league, there are a lot of rookie receivers who are There are, you know, a lot of rookie receivers who are a lot of rookie receivers who are performing and teams are seemingly willing to work them in. You have obviously Metcalf, 595 yards, five touchdowns. Terry McLaurin, 497 yards, five touchdowns. Preston Williams, whoever the hell that is, 428. Deontay Johnson, 363. Debo Samuels, another guy who played last night, 339. Hollywood Brown, 454. Hunter Renfro, even, who I wanted them to draft and they didn't, 299. Who I thought them. I'm going to get into that. But just rookies. 
doing well everywhere. Irv Smith, who I want to talk about in a bit, a tight end, but still, even he has 241 yards, which isn't a lot, but hey, hell of a lot more than the Patriots. That's more than the Patriots have gotten out of their tight ends. So, I hope it's Nikhil Harry, but they, they haven't, they have they certainly haven't made me feel optimistic that that's at least tangentially something of the plan to try and use him in any way, really, just to use him. Seems like it's pulling teeth with Brady to get him to speak nicely about a rookie ride receiver, while meanwhile, across the league, you have rookies up and down, everywhere, doing stuff. On bad teams. You have how many? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight rookie receivers at 400 yards. And, and I don't want to, and this is me trying to bash Brady all across the board. Because obviously, like, you... I would take Brady over anybody versus, you know, every other quarterbacks who can seemingly are willing to work with these rookie receivers, but it's still worth criticizing because it's hurting them right now. It might be why Jacoby Myers isn't having much of an impact. It might be why, you know, the unwillingness of the team because if Belichick knows Brady's not going to be going to Nikhil Harry, he's going to be icing him out. He's going to be ignoring him. It's, Maybe that's part of why he's not rushing to get him on the field. So. Yeah. I just hope that he's the guy there. But Nikhil Harry kind of is emblematic of what's become a problem with this team. Something I've noticed, at least at the mid-season point. Something that, <laughs> yeah, I've noticed about this team. After the draft, I loved the draft class. I adored it. I loved it. I talked a little bit about this last time, but I loved the draft class. It was a B-plus draft class to me. I, feel like, I felt like they had covered most of their holes. If not, the players that they picked who didn't fill those holes, I really liked. Just as players themselves, as prospects. Their graph was great. Alex Barth came on. He agreed with me. We gushed about this draft class. I gushed about this draft class. But now looking at it, what, at least at the midseason point, which obviously, once again, is not the be-all, end-all for a draft class. I get it. It's not the be-all, end-all for a draft class. Eight, nine weeks? Is a little too soon. Ten weeks is a little too soon. Look at the draft. But it's worth noting when this was a draft class that I thought, and a lot of people thought, was set to contribute. Now, guys who we thought could fill roles, let's look at the draft class. Like, let's really look at what they've been able to contribute now. It's kind of like, where they are now versus where I thought they'd be.
Nikhil Harry loved the pick. Thought he was a great fit. Thought he just happened they picked a receiver, frankly. Nikhil Harry loved it. Thought it was a great first-round pick. And what have they gotten so far? I know he's been hurt, but still, it's hard when every other rookie, seemingly every other rookie wide receiver, guys who picked after him, DK Metcalf, who I did not like, who I did not want the Patriots to draft. He's been a stud. Maybe I was wrong about it. I I missed the ball on that. I did miss the ball on that one. Like regardless of whether or not I think the Patriots should or, not, should or should not have picked him, I was wrong about DK Metcalf. I thought he'd suck. He's been great for the Seahawks. He's been phenomenal. Terry McLaurin, great. Marky Brown, great. AJ Brown, great. Nicole Hardman, been great. So Nikhil Harry, they've gotten nothing out of. Joe Juwan Williams. The pick I was conflicted on, and I'll talk about why in a second, but Joe Juwan Williams. They traded up to pick him. The more I looked at the player, the more I really liked him as a player, as a prospect, the size, the length, the versatility he presented. I didn't think it wasn't a position of need at all, but I went, okay, like I can get behind this as much as I can get behind a second round D-back from the Patriots. But now he's played three games. He's barely played at all in those games, which isn't surprising. But still, when you look at it versus the guy I thought they were going to pick, I thought they were trading up to pick Irv Smith. The tight end out of Alabama who got picked by the Vikings. And like I said, he hasn't been phenomenal, but he has 241 yards right now. He probably could help out in the blocking category. He sure as hell could. <laughs> yeah, give them more blocking than they'd be getting from old Ben Watson, Ryan Izzo. Yeah, I thought he was a nice Solid all-around tight end, and that's a guy who they would at least, who would conceivably at least be, you know, playing right now, as opposed to Joe again, I like Joe Juwan Williams. I should try to get Joe Juwan Williams on the show this week. Incidentally, I DM'd him on Twitter, because it was an article in The Globe about how he's saving 90% of his salary, and he's very interested in, very, he's an advocate for financial literacy among lower income families and people in tough situations, which I am all for. And I really want to talk to him about it. Genuinely would still like to have him on the show. Talk about that. So I don't want to, I'm not trying to knock the player, but just what they've gotten out of that pick versus what they could have gotten in the same situation this season right now, you know, it's looking like maybe I was right about that. Then after that, Chase Winovich, Chase Winovich has been great. Chase Winovich has been great. I mean, Chase Winovich has been a great player for them. He's been everything that they wanted. And he looks like he could develop into more. So there's nothing bad. That was my favorite pick in the, that, that was my favorite pick in the class, by the way. But that's been a good one. I mean, Chase Winovich has been great. Chase Winovich has been fantastic. And nothing bad to say about him. Damian Harris. Another one that I've talked about. Obviously, I didn't like to pick at the time. I didn't. I still think the third round, a little high for a running back. For any team. Especially for a team that, you know, especially with the way I look at running backs, a team that had just picked a running back the year before. A first pick round pick one year, a third round pick the second year. Next year, way, way too much to invest in that position in terms of draft capital. In my eyes, the way I think. I don't like it. I've talked about it at length, at nauseum. I think that's too much. But if you're going to invest that much draft capital, 
at least be getting something out of them. My God. A, they're getting nothing out of Sony Michelle right now. And B, Damian Harris isn't playing. I think what exactly for one game? He didn't play anything meaningful. He hasn't played any meaningful snaps all year. So why waste the pick on that player? Because hell, I'd kind of like to see him play because maybe he could give them more than Sony's been giving them. But why waste the pick on that player when, once again, another guy fed Dawson Knox, who's on the Bills. Another guy, another tight end who got picked around the same area, who we talked about before the Bills game, who I think, you know, was maybe a little overstated his how great he was, but still, he's been serviceable. He's shown upside as a tight end, which they don't have right now. I would, once again, I'd rather have Dawson Knox than Damian Harris right now. I'm telling you that. I'd 100% rather have him. No question. The next, the two guys who I talked about last week, Yadni Kejus, I mean, uh, last show, Yadni Kejus, and Hijat Frudult, two alignment. I like the picks. I like just adding depth to that position. They seem like adding, trying to add at least investing and in trying to get quality depth at those spots. And maybe guys who maybe might become starters down the line. Just getting guys into to develop them early. And they've both been hurt. They've gotten nothing out of them. So it's kind of like, I don't want to get on guys for being hurt, but I'm just looking at the draft class as a whole. Keep going. Byron Cow, you know, Jarrett Sidham. And I like the pick. I like the pick. The problem is I like the pick when they when they make a bunch of quality picks at and they're picking a bunch of other players who I think can contribute. I'm like, okay, fine. You just picked like, you know, five or six players that I like that I think will give you something. So yeah, I mean, that's fine to pick the quarterback. Pick a mid-round quarterback. You should always be drafting those guys. And plus, you know, now you also got guys you could get something out of. And you look good in the preseason. I like Jarrett Stidham in college. I still like him, but it's just yeah, I mean, he's still, you know, he's still the backup. And sure, I mean, he's saving him a roster spot, if anything. Him being good, so maybe there's nothing to complain about there, really. Byron Cowart has been okay. He's been playing a little more than I thought. He's he's looked okay. Project D tackle, actually, he's been fine. Jake Bailey's been phenomenal. I mean, Jake Bailey's been phenomenal. Jake Bailey, I mean, he's been a punter, but yeah, I mean, he's been as good as you could possibly hope for, but still... With that, looking at the Patriots draft class, what, once again, I thought was a phenomenal draft class, draft class I thought was really going to kind of fill in a lot of the holes on the team, what they actually ended up getting was a rotational pass rusher, their backup quarterback, and a punter. Like, that's it. <laughs> this draft class, and I was like, oh, man, this draft class is sick. This draft class is the best. Look at this draft class. They got a rotational front seven player who's been good. Their backup quarterback. And the punter. So. Like, what do you... Like, it's just like, it's just, it's not good. It's just, I think it's just worth acknowledging. The disparity between what I thought they were getting and what they've ended up getting so far. And maybe some of these play, you know, maybe 
Joe Juwan Williams works his way in. I still think he's good. I mean, hopefully Harry comes back and give them gives them something. Same thing with everybody else, but at the moment, I ah they haven't had what I thought they were supposed to get out of this draft class. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes with them when they face off against the Eagles. But anyway, with that, that is going to do it for us today. You've been listening to the Stadium Experience with your host, Jake Helmsley, on 90.7 WXIN. We'll be back next week, noon to 2. Tune in tomorrow at 7 p.m. for the start of the WXIN Radiothon for Project Safe Pet. That'll be going from 7 p.m. Wednesday to 7 p.m. Thursday. That'll be a great event. Call in, donate. Check us out on Twitch for Cash App and other donation options. We'll be going 24-7. I'll be on 2 to 4 a.m. As I am every year. And yeah, hopefully you can come there and help benefit a great cause. But I will be back next week, noon to 2. Have a lovely week, lovely weekend, lovely tomorrow. And I'll see you next time on the Stadium Experience with Jake Elmsley right here on 90.7 WXIN. Goodbye.